Welcome you back. We want to welcome us back to We Got This or Do We because it's been three months that we've been away from you. And we're actually recording in a very, very different format from when we last recorded with you. Um, So as we talked about in previous episodes, I have made the move cross country to Los Angeles. And so I am sitting in my good friend, Rich Emery's bedroom using his recording equipment. So <laughs> shout out Rich Emery at Rich Emery Music on Instagram. Go check him yeah. out. And, and Uni, where are you recording from? I'm recording in the comfort of my own home in Astoria, Queens. Because I'm still here. <laughs> Astoria. And we miss How's you. Astoria? Astoria, Astoria misses you. I miss you. And oh. our listeners miss you. They miss us. Oh, you need. They miss us. They miss you, too. <laughs> and we miss you guys, too. Just... At least at least our moms miss us <laughs> and the podcast. At least we have that. I don't know about anyone else. Um, yeah. So no more QED in Queens, although we were so thankful for our time there. And we are excited to bring this podcast to you from different parts of the country, literally from coast to coast. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about the past few months. Uni and I both have gone through some pretty transformational and pretty intense and beautiful and inspiring journeys. Uni recently took a trip to the Dominican Republic with her parents, yes. uh, which is where her mom is from. So Uni's going to talk about that experience. I'm going to ask Uni all the questions about that experience, and I'm going to let you all know what happened on my drive cross-country, uh, solo drive cross-country, and all the lessons Yes, that you made learned. the trip and the leap to I made the trip and the leap all the way to from New York to LA. That's true. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. So this so. is a catch up. This is a, a reconnecting episode for us. So. so we hope you enjoy it. We hope you get something out of it as well. And if something connects with you, please send Uni or me a DM and let us know. We we would love to hear your stories and your feedback, and we would love to post some of them too. And. So let's do let's this. Let's get started. Years. Yeah. So when I think about my leaving New York City experience, it begins with a concert that Uni and I went to at the infamous Apollo Theater in Harlem. And the Apollo Theater has so much history to music. It has so much history to people of color uh, and giving them a space to perform and uh, connect um, and so I hadn't been to a show at the Apollo Theater. That was your first show too, Uni, right? Yeah, that was the first time I went to the Apollo. I mean, I went yeah. there. I, I went to. I've been to the outside of it. I know when um, James Brown passed away, there was a memorial, and I had only gone to the front, to the front of the of the building. And so, being there for the first time inside, it was a the vibe was crazy, right? <laughs> It was crazy. It was the most electric concert I'd ever been to. We saw Emily King, who just dropped a new album at the beginning of the of February. It's incredible, Love her. and she's an artist. Yeah, she's an artist that I've been wanting to see live for a long she's time. She's from New York too. I had actually mm-hmm. been. She's from New York, born and raised, and she also has a story about leaving New York, which I will get to in a minute. But I was actually outside the front for when Prince passed away. Oh, wow. And so even the outside of the Apollo is Mm. crazy. And then you go inside and it's just seeping music and arts and culture. And you can just feel the weight of what has happened in this place. Yep. And the audience was energetic and vibing and into the music like I had never experienced at a different venue. 
And I remember when we went to that concert, I had I had heard of her, but I never checked out her music. So I mindfully I or purposefully I didn't check her stuff out before we went. I wanted to like experience it in an unbiased way. So fresh and live, fresh which, and live, which holy was, moly, oh, that was the I was so glad that I did that. I mean, yeah. her set list was was incredible. The way she shaped it, and. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that the moment that we shared. Actually, what was the song? What was the song that that she sang? The song what was it called? is called. I will pull it up so I get it right. It's called "Go Back," and the way she introduced it. Maybe this is what I heard and the story that I've been telling. So tell me if I don't know if you can recall you, but she said something like. First of all, it was like her hometown. I mean, the Apollo for her being a New Yorker, I can only imagine the weight of this concert. Yeah. And she said something. And she also could talk to the audience as a New Yorker. I actually saw her in San Diego a few weeks ago. And she connected really, you know, great with the audience, too. But there's something about speaking to New Yorkers being a New Yorker that's really special. And she said, this is a song about leaving New York and being okay with it. Yes. Was that something? Yes. And I hadn't cried. Like, I had been very focused on the move. And (laughs) I saw, like, I looked at Uni and I was like, why is she doing that? Why is she doing that to me? I was like, is she singing to me? What is happening? Like, I I just lost it. And we were holding each other. And so, so emotional and incredible. And it was like a snow ice storm outside. So I felt like Mother Nature was sending me off and being like, yep. Bye. Yeah, you're leaving. Yeah. That See was you like later. the one time it decided to snow in New York <laughs> this year. Right. Mid mid November. Oh, mid November. So yeah. two two days later I packed up a two thousand four Subaru legacy station wagon and packed it up with everything that I owned and said goodbye to my roommate, said goodbye to the my favorite apartment that I had lived in in New York City, and cried as I passed through the Bronx and up into New Jersey. And again, other than the Apollo Theater that night, I hadn't cried. I hadn't felt like I felt emotional, but there was just a lot of emotion to unpack. And so I think I finally, like my body finally was like, all right, this is happening. And so I was driving straight to Chicago. So I did one like 15 hour shot to Chicago. And I just thought, thank goodness I'm an endurance athlete because this is, this is endurance. I'm like, if I can run a marathon, I can drive all the way to Chicago. Yeah. I remember, t- I remember we talked about that. I was like, girl, and- you could. <laughs> You can run a damn marathon. You can damn sure drive across well, the country. Well, uni, uni was my um, uni was my race support because she would text me places that I should go for lunch. Yes, and I stopped like, you. I was I'm like, here. I was like, share your location so I can stalk you. Sharing location is amazing. And then I would go on. Then I would like find out exactly where you were, and then put it into Yelp, and I would look up all these like different restaurants and be mindful of that like okay Allie's vegetarian and she likes to do this and she likes that so that was it was awesome I felt like I was, was on so the nice. journey with you <laughs> it was the well I was thing. just gonna say that so this entire road trip I drove solo so I went from driving a little bit when I was in high school and then home in Connecticut during college but I was not a driver. I was a New Yorker and didn't own a car. And so I felt very intimidated by the trip. I felt excited to do it solo. And I had planned it so that I was driving to people that I knew. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I spaced it out that way so I had time to to really enjoy it. So I made it to Chicago. I left maybe 11.30 a.m. New York City. And then I made it to Chicago that night around 11 o'clock p.m. And met my friends Julian Ross, a mother-son duo, dynamic duo. They met me, uh, and it was awesome. First time in Chicago. Spent a few days in Chicago eating, relaxing, going downtown. Amazing. And I kept missing some some bad weather, uh, which was 
not so much a concern of mine, but other people were like, you're doing the northern route? Like, why? Bad weather. And I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm going to Denver. I'm spending Denver with my best friend in – in. De- I'm going to Denver, spending time with my best friend in Denver for Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> that took me a second to get to. So then uh, when I left Chicago – I was going to Omaha, Nebraska, and Omaha was just kind of, I needed a stop before I got to Denver, and I had done some work with Omaha Performing Arts, so I saw my my good friend Dominic, who's another arts administrator, and got a, a tour of Omaha Performing Arts. I stayed in an Airbnb downtown, which I really enjoyed Omaha. I was only there for an evening and then early morning. But the couple that I stayed with, I had a few kind of magical moments that were like, you're in the right place mm-hmm. type of thing. So the the woman of, of the couple is training for the Boston Marathon. She had like run plans taped to her refrigerator. <laughs> and then in the guest bedroom, there was a, a photo that was clear that it, it was a photo that they had taken or that they had gotten printed and it was of Cinque Terre which is my favorite place in the whole entire world right and they had gone for their honeymoon so it felt really good like it felt good pretty much the entire time to feel like positive energy was coming in my direction and just little even you know even these are like little things that they could have meant nothing Mm -hmm. but to me I took it as a sign of like okay I'm on the right path um so then I spent one night in Omaha, and then I got to uh, Denver. I, my best friend and her husband live uh, about 45 minutes outside of Denver in a little mountain town that's really relaxing and tranquil. And that was the longest stay. So I was there for four days. And Thanksgiving happened, and it was really wonderful. And <clears throat> always loved my time with with uh, Maddie and Andrew and all of their furry children, a cat, a cat and two dogs. Um, so I left that morning and, you know, the driving, I think because it was so new for me, it was exciting. Even, you know, Pennsylvania was pretty boring, but I still thought it was cool. And, um, well, yeah, when you spend all that time in New York and all you see is like concrete buildings and not that much of earth, the earth scenery (laughs) and then you're actually getting a chance to like drive through all of these places that we only talk about exactly you know i also feel like driving cross country is like kind of the american dream drive cross country you know across this vast country that we have and you know i was like in awe it's a pilgrimage yes and yeah and i felt so i felt so much gratitude that i could even be doing it and that i was doing it um, and that I had so many people supporting me in doing mm-hmm. it. So then um, I hadn't turned on my car for four days. So it needed a jump that morning that I was leaving. And there had been a snowstorm the day before. Uh, but it was a bright and beautiful day. The roads were okay. There were a lot of people on the road. And this was where, you know, Nebraska was very flat, lots of farms. But I had never driven through a place where it was so flat that the sky, it looked like I was driving into the ocean, but it was just the sky meeting the land. And I'd never seen it just so flat where you could see oh, that wow. far. Oh, wow. That horizon was... That horizon, yeah. was, was kind of breathtaking. Incredible. Yes. Um, so even, you know, even the boring parts, I just like reveled in it. I was just so giddy and so excited that this thing that I had been talking about for so long, I was actually doing it, which is your brain is kind of trying to catch up with what's going on. Right. And so driving through Colorado was incredible. It was like I was in a snow globe and you kept me company through a lot of it. My younger sister did. And so I started to make my way through a canyon and didn't notice that the sun hadn't hit the canyon and all of a sudden, I didn't have control over my car. I had hit black Ugh. ice. And I was on the right-hand side of the road. It was a two-lane highway. And I was about to go through a canyon. Like, oh through the God. actual... Are there you was, kidding? There was a tunnel. I was about to go through it, which was incredible. And, and um, 
I didn't have control. And in that moment, you, you know, time really does slow down. So I'm seeing the car to my left coming closer to me. And somehow I must have closed my eyes, uh, but I didn't hit it. And I luckily, you know, only it was just my own vehicle, but I hit the side of the railing, which I was going over a river at the time. And so the railing was higher and sturdier than it had been, which was to my advantage because it stopped my car. And the term shaking in your boots, that adrenaline that you feel that's exactly what happens. I was shaking and luckily was in a place where I could calm myself down, take some deep breaths. And was this at night? No, this was in the afternoon. This was was at like around two or three o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So it was daylight and I, and I planned my trip so that I wasn't driving at night, but I had a few hours of daylight left, and luckily I was able to get to a place before the sunset um, that evening. So I was on my way to Moab, Utah, to do some hiking with my friend Megan, who I lived with when I lived in Rome. Uh, She and I taught English uh, together and lived together in Rome. And I don't see Megan often, but we have a special bond because of that experience in Rome. I mean, we connected right away because we uh, get along as people, but then also having the Rome experience really has bonded us. So mm-hmm. she was driving from Salt Lake City to Moab, and somehow I was able to reach her, and she was able to keep driving. So she said, you're in Gladwin Springs. That was the town that – the closest town to where I got in the accident, and I'm coming to you. So what happened before that is I was able to get towed, and long story short – Many people had gotten in accidents, and so they shut down the highway for a few hours, cleared us. I needed a tow, and, you know, when that happened, too, I just thought everything I own is in is behind me. <laughs> everything I own. It, yeah. It's emotional. You're yeah. like, I can't just book a flight. Like, I have all this shit, and I also have a car. And so, you know, from the tow guy to the police officers – um, to the hotel staff, to the mechanics that I, you know, later on talked to, everyone was so kind. And that was just such a nice reminder that humankind, we are good. We are good at our core and we have compassion and we want to be helpful. And mm-hmm. I was so grateful for that experience because in a time where I was fairly distraught and emotional, people were really kind and willing to help even when they didn't have to. So, I got a tow to this this town, and luckily, Glenwood Springs has a lot going on. And the tow truck guy let me know that there was a natural hot springs, which I had never experienced. Did so you I was like, Great. do that? Yes. While my car was being fixed the next day, Megan and I went to the hot springs. I was like, I have whiplash. This is going to be great for my body. So I got a hotel, met up with Megan cried to my parents once, you know, I held it together for a few hours until I got to a safe place and the car looked like it was drivable, but I needed to get it checked out the next day. And there was definitely damage on the upper right side. Um, part of the bumper was hitting the tire. It just, you know, maybe if I wasn't going all the way to LA, no problem. I would have, I would have been like, Oh, I'll just drive it. But there was definitely something hitting the tire that I didn't really feel comfortable with. So Megan and I reunited and it was like no time had passed. Mm. I mean, again, I don't see Megan often at all. And I think I've seen her. I think it was just one time since 2011. And so she came and it was like nothing. It was like I she's a friend that I see all the time. Right. And that's the power of a, like really beautiful friendships. And Megan is also a therapist, which was very beneficial to me. Oh my gosh. So you, it was like the right person at the right time uh, for that moment. Thank God. So we got some Indian food that night and the next day we, um, you know, it was, it was the Monday after a holiday weekend and after a snowstorm. So you can only imagine in a mountain town how busy mechanics were. And so we took it to one guy 
he kind of, it was almost like he gave my bumper stitches. He took some wire and tried to get it so that the bumper wasn't hitting the tire. And he was like, you know, it really looks good. Like there was no mechanical damage. It was, it's all just on the surface of, of the car. And, um, I get a half mile, not even down the street and I can feel the car starting to basically lose power. The dashboard stopped working. The electronic windows were barely going up and down. Oh, and I man. got to the point where I was I was flooring the gas pedal and nothing was happening. Oh, so shoot. I called Megan. Yeah, and that's a te- that's a pretty terrible feeling and luckily it was on a, a back road that wasn't very busy. So I called Megan and she had to, there was an empty parking lot. Uh, it was actually looked like, like a Coca-Cola truck center. And they had a big parking lot that was pretty empty. And Megan had to push the car into the parking lot. And so it was at that point that we went back to the guy that we had just seen. And my car needed another jump. And long story short, we needed a mechanic. And so we called around, got a tow. The tow truck guy could not have been happier. You know those people that just come in contact with you and they're so full of life and happy (laughs) and joking. And you're like, I needed you right now. Thank you for helping me. That was him. Like, just so um, so joyous. So it sounds like. (laughs) And he's towing cars. It sounds like there were a lot of people that, that were positioned to be in the right place at the right time for you regardless of like you getting in an accident that's like that's right right that's like one of one of the worst things that you think about happening when you're traveling across right the country so yeah right even despite that yeah exactly and so i couldn't help but be like filled up by that and and so it was still early on enough that, you know, I was, like, still hopeful that this car would pull through. So I was able to talk to this man named Josh um, at a mechanic who – he took pity on me and said, oh, you you know, we're uh, – basically four or five places I called were, like, we'll see you – we could see you next mm-hmm. week. I was like, well, I don't have until next week. So so this person, Josh, took pity on me and said, okay, you know, I have sympathy for you. You, you, you said you're driving cross country. So I went in, took my car in. They, um, they took a look at it and it needed a new alternator and a new battery. So that's when, uh, Megan and I went to the hot springs (laughs) when that work was being done. So, so later that, and granted again, this is a 2004 Subaru station wagon. It is an old car. So, Putting a couple hundred dollars into it was okay, but I can't say that I really wanted to put anything further into yeah. that, into it. So by the end of the day, they had fixed it up. They spent all day working on it, which again, I know they had other cars to work on and other things to do. And they were like, you're good to go. Sawed off part of my bumper so that the bumper wasn't hitting the the tire anymore. And, you know, I call my headlights like one of them had a droopy eye because it was completely smashed but it was still turning on (laughs) but the actual bulb was like completely not intact or in place oh my god so megan and i are like great we're gonna go to mohab we're gonna get one day out of it we're gonna go hiking and we get 30 minutes on the highway and luckily it wasn't a busy highway and the car same thing car started shutting down oh stop no and Again, that feeling of so it was just such a roller coaster ride of like, yes, we're gonna do this, and then just like, no, no, feeling defeated almost, feeling completely defeated. You know, you can only put your faith into so much without it, you know, not work with it not working Mm -hmm. out, yeah, um, and keeping that faith. So, luckily, it was still early, it was maybe 5 30, and the mechanic was still open, and they said, okay, pull, you know get off the highway. I was able to get off the highway barely and they had a tow truck come. And so we spent one more night in Glenwood Springs. And at that point, this is when Megan helped me unpack what I was feeling and, and helped me unpack what I would feel comfortable with. Because that scenario of the car breaking down and me not feeling comfortable driving the car anymore was not something that I had 
prepared for. Or anticipated, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or anticipated, you know, and you can't, you can't prepare for everything. And I just felt like, oh, if there's bad weather, I just won't drive in it. And I drove in weather that was fine, but black But the conditions is, of the road were not fine. Right. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so it was at that point that I realized I don't care if the car is actually fixed tomorrow. I, I cannot feel comfortable driving this car by myself being, I got lucky that I, I got in the accident in Glenwood Springs or near Glenwood Springs because otherwise you can be in the middle of nowhere. Right. Right. So... The next day I went in and I had a heart to heart with Josh and, and Hannah at the mechanic, which I'm sure most people don't do, but I was like, they fixed the car. They were like, great. Like we promise you it can get to LA, but you know, I had heard that before and not that they had said it with ill intent, but they thought, you know, to the best of their ability that the car had been fixed. Right. And that's why cars are difficult because they're machines, you know, like they're not reliable. No, they can't tell you how they feel either. <laughs> like, oh, nope. my stomach And hurts. my car was like, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we take 10 days, two weeks? Great. So, um, I was able to sell the car that day. I decided to sell it. One of their, one of their, uh, clients came in who wow. buys and sells cars and said, I don't want it, but I'll take a look. Made the deal. Maddie, my best friend, works for a car rental company. Rented a car. Oh my god. She gave me some really sound advice. And um, and so then I drove. I followed wow. Megan to Salt Lake City. Got to Salt Lake City. And it was a minivan, mind you. <laughs> which is what a which is what I learned to drive. I learned to drive in a minivan, so I felt very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and all my stuff fit, no problem. Like the van was probably oh, a third of the way full. Oh wow! <laughs> I really did not have a lot of stuff, and I spent one night in Salt Lake City with Megan and her wonderful boyfriend, and got to see her home. And I was going to keep going north to Tahoe and then also uh, Northern California where I have family. Uh, But it looked like there was a bad storm coming. And at that point, I felt pretty done driving. And from Salt Lake City to L.A., it's 10, 11 hours. And so the next day, I just... I just did it. I did the thing. And I was scared. It was real. It was hard for me to drive again. And I had a, a bit of panic, but... I, mm. I got I got through it. I got through it, and I did it. And and you're in LA now. <laughs> and I'm in LA now, <laughs> and I still can't believe it. I know it's crazy. I still can't believe it. Oh my! So gosh. that's the story of the Can journey. I share? That's the story of the journey. Can I share share lessons I learned, or do absolutely? I had a couple questions yeah um but i feel like you answered a lot of them (laughs) oh good but good uni and i have talked since my since my trip and so but i don't think you've heard it in that detail no no but uh, not in that consecutive detail i heard everything along the way right like we didn't really we didn't really skip a beat so it wasn't no, you weren't no. giving me an update like you're doing right now. Right. Right. Yeah, we had been in constant contact. Yeah. Pretty much. Exactly. Which has been lovely. Yeah, I um I was going to say something. What was the thought that I just had? Oh, even you know, and even after my accident like what I saw on my drive was incredible. I mean, I still felt even though it was a, it was scary and I had a little PTSD. I was still just in awe of how beautiful our country is. Mm. And and I I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, but I was listening to Becoming by Michelle Obama throughout the road trip, and I cried multiple times because of sad things, but then also because of being inspired by her. And she, she reads her story, so it's Amazing. in her words. And, and yeah, so the mix between listening to that, good music, the world around me, I mean, mm-hmm. 
it was a a journey of a lifetime. And I'm glad that I that I did the driving by myself as much as it was scary after the accident. Yeah. I'm glad that I had that time. Yeah. I did want to ask yeah. I wanted to ask you um what what did this journey reveal to you about yourself? That's a great question, Yunz. Um, so let me get into, yeah, let me just get into it. Yeah. So in my reflection, the reminders that I got were that your emotions only have as much power as you give them. And I had already believed that and felt that, but, and I'm still needing reminders of that, but your emotions do not, do not carry weight unless you give them weight. Mm. Mm -hmm. So feeling scared or anxious or stressed, those emotions can be ignited if you dwell on them and you kind of light the fire under them, but they can be extinguished. Is that the right word? Extinguished? Yes. If you respect them, but then move past them and move on from them. I also was reminded that you're stronger than you realize and you are capable of more than you know. That's one of my favorites. I learned, I relearned that about myself. I also relearned that listening to your gut is one of the most valuable tools that you can Amen. Have. Amen, sister. Amen to that. And if you are learning how to do it, just know that the answers are inside of you. And you need to clear the way to listen to that feeling. And this is something that I had been working on previously to leaving and I'm so glad that I felt like I had gotten that back that listening listening to your gut because I really needed it Mm. and you know for me I know that I'm listening to my gut when I kind of make a decision especially a weighted decision and I immediately feel a sense of release and relief you know like I can feel kind of the stress and anxiety like draining out of me And that's just, you know, being honest with yourself. And you're the only one that can really get to that. Was that, um, those feelings were the, when you realized those things, was it the, was it the accident that taught you that? Or was it like just the journey along the way or a little bit of both? The accident definitely, you know, I think it was throughout the whole journey I was feeling that, but the accident really highlighted those things on a bigger level Mm -hmm. because it was such an intense experience. Right. Uh, So weaknesses maybe that I had been working on or things that I had overcome before I left Mm -hmm. were tested and I was able to see that the person that I am now that I have become Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Becoming. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That um, I was able to to use those tools and and feel confident in myself and and the things that I I had been working Mm -hmm. on in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So the other, the big lessons that I learned are be flexible. So even when you're prepping, like when I was prepping for this trip, I had some ideas about how I wanted it to go even before it started. And I think that sometimes taking a step back, because things are changing all the time. They're never the same. Yeah. So taking a step back and just check, having like little check-ins with yourself. Like, is this still what I want? Is this still the path that I want to be on? And if another situation presents itself can that work into my plan um be honest and keep people close who will help you stay honest thank you uni for doing that you're welcome accept help 
<laughs> Cute friend moment. Yes. Accept help and ask for help and remain flexible when help is given to you when you haven't expected it. And what else? Sometimes it's okay to be still is another one that I wrote down. Um, don't be afraid to be still and be on your own and be alone. And I think that's a hard one. It's one that I'm still working on. Um, so yeah, I actually asked Megan today, um, because she was with me kind of during that very intense time, I asked her what lessons she felt like I had taken from the situation, just from observing me go through it. And some of the things we talked about, I mean, really have settled with me deep in my core. Yeah. Um, she reminded me that it was my journey and my experience. And so even though she was with me, it wasn't her journey and her experience. You know, I was the one feeling what was happening. She didn't feel the stress of like, this was, it was my car that got right. She wasn't feeling these, these moments as intensely as you were because it didn't directly affect her. Exactly. And so people that were giving me advice, you know, maybe even people that were very close to me that were giving advice that was not, that went against what I felt like I wanted and that the advice that, or the, the direction that my gut was telling me to go into, you know, keeping in mind that again, it wasn't their journey. It was mine. Right. And so therefore these were also decisions, kind of big decisions that I needed to make on my own. Um, and Megan also talked about the power of letting go. So I thought that was interesting that one of the first things I wrote in terms of lessons was be flexible. Um, I think the power of letting go and being flexible are two different things, but they, they carry similar themes. Yeah. And so I'm someone that has always liked to be in control. And the more you try to control something, the less control you have. Right. Yes. Which is, which is that the funny well, thing. Well, yeah. Not only that is that the only thing in this life you can control is yourself. Right. Right. You can't control anything 100% or any, anyone control. or any situation. So your best bet is to try and control your emotions, your reactions, and your thoughts. Right. Right. Exactly. And one of the things my sister said to me when I was making this decision of what do I do with this car that I don't feel comfortable driving, Mm -hmm. she said to me, the right decision is the one that you make. So that also goes back to this is your experience and this is your journey. And I felt a lot of weight of wanting to make the right choice, but the right choice for who? Like it needed to be the right choice for me. And so that's a a big thing that I learned, a big lesson that I learned. Um, And I learned about myself that I can can make those choices. Mm -hmm. I know that might sound simple. And like, duh, but you can make those choices for yourself. Yeah. Sometimes the simplest things are the most, the most profound, profound. Exactly. Exactly. And then finally, the last, uh, Megan just gave me this quote as well. She said in Italy, she was having a really bad day. You know, living abroad is awesome. I think, I think any big life change Um, It comes with the reaction of, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's so cool. You must have, you're living the dream. And those, those things are true. It is true that. Right. What it looks like on paper. It was amazing. (laughs) Right. But there are, there is consequence to living your dreams as well. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Right. And once you make that dream, it's like, okay, I did it. So now what? You know? Is that what, um, that's what you're feeling? Is that what you're feeling now? That you're there? A little bit. Yeah. Like a little bit of like, okay, I worked so hard for this thing and now I achieved it. 
And you're here. But and I'm here. But now it's getting into building up my business and treating it like a real job. Right. And For our listeners, do you want to share what your business what your business yeah, is? Yeah, so I I started a run and culinary nutrition wellness business called Coach Alley Runs. Please check out my website, CoachAllyRuns.com and Instagram at CoachAllyRuns. Yes. And so if I can work with you in person and I can work with you from across the country, remotely, wherever you are, I will create a running plan or a food plan uh, or both that are specific to you. So what I mean by food is I want to teach you how to have more freedom with your at-home cooking and feel empowered to put the best things in your body and um, and find that balance. Mm-hmm. Because I also like pizza and sweets, but what is your lifestyle and how can and, – and what are you putting in your body that can best support your lifestyle? That's dope. So that's generally the concept. And uh, we can talk more about that later on and and i'm excited to to say in future episodes in future uh-huh. episodes. now that we're back online baby <laughs> what, what? you know what um, I'm have we never talked about that about have i never plugged coach alley runs you have not oh well there we go mm-hmm. it happened it's a fish it's official it's all exactly. official because you're there. Official, not a fish, the animal. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that one? Was it corny enough? That was, that was like a dad joke. <laughs> that was a dad joke 101. <laughs> what, I, what I've learned about myself, I like telling dad jokes. <laughs> Oh my god. Uni so is shaking her head and like putting her hand over her face. Oh like god. I can't believe you just Seriously. did that, Allie. Yeah, and okay, this is anyway. this is awesome because we're do you're in LA, I'm in New York, and we're still looking at each other on FaceTime and we're, we're recording still at, each other. Yes. at the same time. Ugh, technology. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So so to end to end with this beautiful quote. For anyone going through a hard time or questioning themselves, it costs nothing to dream and everything to not. So I'll leave that with you. I feel like that's a good wrap up of my journey. And yes, and we're going to start, we're going to start offering books. Exactly. At at the end of our episodes that you should check out and you should read. So, you want to talk so about a little bit, a little bit of the the book that you that correlates with this journey that you took? Yeah. So, becoming by Michelle Obama, it's the hot book right now, right? It is. It is. And I think what I learned was that the Obamas were just regular people. I mean, they're special people. Do yeah. not get me wrong. But they lived a regular life like you and me, and they are hard workers. Mm. They're really hard workers, and they're genuine people. And when you combine those two things, it's really powerful. And when two individuals come together that are like-minded, share similar values, but their strengths lift each other up in different ways... They're unstoppable. Mm. And then one day you are the the first family of the United States. Royalty. And Royalty. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I also appreciated super royalty. I also appreciated that the first lady, you never really Michelle Obama was present. And visible as the first lady more than any other first lady that I remember. Um, although I haven't, in my adult life, I haven't um, seen 
many other presidents and first ladies mm-hmm. in the White House where I've paid attention to it. But um, yeah, same. She 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 was Barack Obama's mentor. What he was he was in law school and she was working at a law firm, and he was assigned to her as his mentor <laughs> at this law firm for a summer internship. Yes, I love that. Oh my god! I mean, talk about powerhouse, oh powerhouse woman, god. and this man that clearly was picking up on how special this this woman was that he met. So. I loved hearing her story. I mean, she went all the way back from her childhood uh, through her college, through meeting Barack Obama, which I loved hearing about, through the decision for Barack to be a public servant and what that meant. It was a lot of sacrifice. Wow. I mean, their their lives basically weren't their own for more than just... When when they the journey to the White House the White and then House. when they are actually in the White House, huge everything leading up to huge. it, I can imagine that's yeah. I mean, public servant it literally means that wow. you are a servant, and Ugh, I just and can't she, even help but think about our current situation. It's gross right now. It's yeah. awful. I'm not. Going but anyway, there. we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah. talk about Voldemort yeah. over here. <laughs> Um, so, so her book, I mean, I love reading a book, but if you can listen to it because it's in her own voice, it's pretty incredible. And so when I got to LA, I still wasn't done with it. So she would put me to, to sleep at night for the first week or two that I was, Oh wow. that I was in LA. How encouraging And I just, I really appreciated how human she was and... She, I remember I was driving through Vegas when she was telling the story. So I was just getting to Nevada and driving through these beautiful red canyons. And she told the story of one of her best childhood friends, uh, college friends who passed away of cancer in her early 20s. And oh, wow. I, I cried. I was crying Oof. when we got to that part. And then I cried when she was talking about the death of her father who had MS for years and didn't tell anyone what, how uncomfortable he was and didn't get diagnosed until, you know, who knows how long he had it. And so I was driving through Vegas specifically. I remember this and she was talking about the death of her father. So I have these milestones. Um, I remember when I was driving through Denver and I felt... You know, I'd been to Denver before visiting Maddie, and I it was familiar to me. And she was talking about going on this school trip when she was in high school, I believe, to Paris. And at first, she didn't even tell her parents about it because she knew the sacri- the financial sacrifice it would be for them. And um, she ended up going on that trip because her mom and found out about this trip and knew how valuable it would be to her daughter. And she talked about the sacrifice her parents made so that she could go on that trip. And I, and it, I could relate to it. It was so relatable, all of these stories. Mm -hmm. And, and I really enjoyed her talking about being the first. So yeah, she was the first lady, but the first African-American. Wow, 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 wow. First family and and the weight that that had. And just that um, we as as humans need to to care for each other and to be held accountable and just to do a little bit better. Mm -hmm. If we could all just do a little bit better, we would live a little bit of a happier life together. Wow. Instead of instead of living as an individual and only caring about what's around you. So uh, it was an amazing book. You should pick beautiful. it up, Uni. I will. I definitely so, will. <laughs> so Yunes, you took an amazing trip. I did. And also had a book during this trip. I don't know if I know what book you were reading. Oh, I'll 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 get into that in our, get into on our it? next episode. Oh, okay. So what um so when was your trip, Uni? My trip was in January. 
Mm-hmm. It was in January. But um, I think that since our time is uh, a lot happened, so I want to spend some time in our next episode actually getting into that. Part two. Part two. Part two of our journeys. So we're going to leave you with a cliffhanger of Uni's Dominican Republic trip. Which was amazing. Yes, so thank you guys for coming back. We're so happy to be back. And yeah, this this next season is going to be filled with a lot of self-love, new stories, and yeah. 2019, the year of self 2019, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And if you've gotten this far... If you've gotten this far, thank you for listening to my story. And if anything has resonated with you, again, please let us know. Or if you have your own story to stare, story to stare, <laughs> your own story to share, or your sure own to st- story to share. <laughs> yeah, you know where to find um, us. <laughs> you know where to find us. And if you are in a place where you're looking to make a change in your life, or you're looking to drive cross country, or you're looking to make a career change all of the change please do it first of all if you've been thinking about it there's something in you that's saying i need to do this and so again listen to your gut listen to your gut and and make that decision and if you need some encouragement you know i'm on this ride as well still and figuring it out but i would love to talk to you and connect with you and and share some yeah and some if you're thinking of running or getting into it and starting a new lifestyle, hit up Coach Allie Runs. Allie at CoachAllieRuns.com. Yes. Cool. It's still so crazy to say that. It's amazing. But yes. I All will right, guys. you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Next time on We Got This. Or do we? Do we?